Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, sunshine. Uh, I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the uh, State of the Union presented by State Farm. Again, coming to you live from uh, Doha, Qatar, and our Fox Sports World Cup set here. Yet another day in the books, another four games down. We are recording this, uh, or you're watching this live, on uh, Thursday, getting ready for a Black Friday, which is going to be awesome. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to everyone out there. We celebrated here uh, during the day, uh, before the games and, uh, and after the games. We have hundreds and hundreds of Fox Sports men and women working in front of the camera and behind the camera, thousands and thousands of miles away from their home and uh, loved ones. But we made it uh, a pretty cool Thanksgiving. And we also invited all of the uh, men and women uh, down from the uh, Aludade um, Air Force Base that we have just outside of Doha. You may have seen our uh, coverage from the uh, NFL uh, last week. And it was great. It's great to have those uh, wonderful men and women. And, uh, oh my goodness, I see out of the corner of my eye something's happening. Something is happening, ladies and gentlemen. If you have been listening over the last couple of days, you've known we were missing my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy. He is getting absolutely slammed when it comes to the work. But... On this day, and this day of all days, he has decided to grace us with his presence. I see him walking up. He is now on set. He is coming on set. Ladies and gentlemen, he's back. He's back. David Mossy. Hey, buddy. How are you? I don't get the confusion here. I texted Sean Sullivan. I was going to yeah, be honest. Yeah, but you, you got to get your ass over here, man. We got to get this thing going. My all right? dad the, the, called. We had a lengthy the, conversation about the, the game. The people want to talk. All right, listen, we will get to your Brazil. All right, we haven't del uh, delved into anything oh, yet. By the way, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. It was, uh, it was very, very cool. We had a good time uh, throughout the day, uh, and I was eating turkey on live television. My wife was like, you have to stop eating on live television. But it was fun. We had a really good time and some really, really good soccer. Uh, I had a half day for the first time, and so I only worked two of the games, although I was up and watching the uh, the other two games. It has to be said, they weren't great, okay? Switzerland, Cameroon started the day off, uh, ended up being 1-0 with Switzerland. Uh, Braille Mbolo scoring for Switzerland to get them the three points and scoring against his birth country and all of that in that entails, and so there was kind of this muted celebration, and uh, all right, I get it, whatever, but, you know. Now, we've discussed this on the pod. Uh, you don't buy into the not celebrating no. against your former club deal. Uh, how do you feel about the not celebrating against your country of birth? I don't—I I understand what you are trying to do. I just 
I, I, it falls flat for me. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's the World Cup. It's not as if they just plucked you out of nowhere and threw you into a game. You knew exactly what you were doing. And, and I'm also not saying that, that players that are dual nationals, and we have a whole lot more of them, and we have them in the U.S., don't feel, you know, a, a push and a pull. But ultimately, you decide who you play for and that you're scoring against the team. And, and oftentimes, it's because, you know, either you're playing for a better team or your team didn't want you or whatever, just... Either do it or don't, but I'm not going to get all hung up on it. All right. Anyway, from a game perspective, it was all right. Congratulations to Swiss, uh, to the Switzerland, right? It's a big result because, as we discussed on the show today, yeah. when you're in a group with Brazil, you have to make sure you pick up as many points as possible in the other games. So um, they get uh, hard-fought three points, but they get the three points, so I think that sends them on their way now to be that other team potentially to get out of the Switzerland, group. you think? Yes. Really? Well, okay. you know, it's well, going we'll, we'll to gonna probably come down to their game against Serbia. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right. Well, that, and we knew that was going to happen. Uh, then we got another 0-0. Zero, zero. Boo, 0-0s. Zero, we don't want that. Uruguay and, uh, and South Korea. A couple of different opportunities. Valverde from uh, distance. Uh, Luis Suarez was there, but, eh, it was, you know, it's not vintage Luis, Luis Suarez. He gets substitute for Cavani, so the usual suspects are there. Not a whole lot to write home about. Uh, anything you want to say on that game before we move on? Uh, disappointed in Uruguay. They're a team yeah. that I liked going into this World Cup. I was interested to see what he was going to do up front. He started Suarez and Nunez and left Cavani on the bench. We'll see if he sticks with that moving forward. But uh, but we always knew that this was a close group and a difficult group with uh, you know with Portugal and uh, and with Ghana and Uruguay and South Korea. So. That, that it was close, I don't think that should be a surprise to anybody. But close games, we want to at least have some goals to talk about. Sure. All right, I mentioned Portugal. That at least had some goals. And that had Cristiano Ronaldo, so that in and of itself is a story. And sometimes people ask us, you know, why do you talk about Cristiano Ronaldo so much? Well, first off, there's a practical reason. Because the world talks about Cristiano Ronaldo. People talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. People click on stories about Cristiano Ronaldo. You give the people what they want. He is a story whether he is playing, whether he is not. And certainly he's a story given what has happened over the last couple of weeks uh, with him in Manchester United and what could potentially happen over the next couple of weeks with, uh, with Portugal. Ends up starting. I don't think that was ever in question as to whether he was going to start, but what kind of Cristiano were we going to see? Immediately, he starts getting chances. Not putting them in goal, but starts getting chances. And ultimately, uh, after the first half, 0-0, the breakthrough comes. A penalty is called. The first of things first, did you think it was a penalty? I did not. Uh, now, Clint Dempsey felt like it was a makeup call. What does he know? For that play in the first half where Ronaldo was called for a foul, which wiped away... Uh, a goal. So one could argue that was a bit of a soft call. So if he was a beneficiary of a soft call later on, maybe the breaks evened out. Yeah, it, it evened out in that they were getting plenty of opportunities. And don't you know? Don't put Cristiano in the uh, in the box. Anyway, it is awarded, and Cristiano Ronaldo steps up. Now it wasn't the greatest taken penalty, but it goes in the back of the net. That's all that matters. And he's right there on the board. Comes the first player to score in five World Cups. Right? I got that right? Correct. That's right, my friend. Uh, anything to say about that? Messi, by the way, by scoring from the penalty spot the other day against Saudi Arabia, that's four World Cups for him. But uh, 2010, he didn't find the back of the net. So that's the difference between the two. That's the way that goes. Um, so, yeah, Ronaldo has that record. He became the second oldest World Cup uh, scorer behind only Roger Mila, who 42 years of age, scored in USA 94. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the match overall, um, 
Uh, Portugal have a lot of firepower. We've talked about yep. it. You know, to be able to bring on a guy like Rafael Leão, who did what he did. João Felix uh, got on the score sheet. Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes. So there's a lot of talent there. I still feel like the whole doesn't quite add up to the sum of the parts. Exactly. And uh, they, they're they, just relying on that talent, though. Yeah. I mean, at, you sort. I mean, if you listen to the game, you heard uh, the great Ali Wagner, and she was beat beside herself in in terms of understanding. As was Clint Dempsey, who was sitting next to me. At, you know, you get coached as you get older, ultimately, to understand the moments in the game and understand the gamesmanship involved and understand how to kill a game. And this Portugal team, they did everything possible to, to, uh, to lose this game or to at least let the opponent back into the game. And Ghana, to their credit, time and time again, came back. And let's be honest, at the end, they... They got out. They got out lucky, okay? Because even though it was hard to see on the uh, on the actual game, there was a moment there where the ball was stolen or could have been well, it was stolen and should have gone in the back of the net, and ultimately that would have been three to three. Can you imagine that? Incredible blunder by the Portugal goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> big let off for them there. At All the right, end, but they get the three points. They get the three points. Cristiano Ronaldo scores. Cristiano Ronaldo gets the win. Portugal gets the win, and I guess it's emphatic fashion in that they score three goals. But the the way we had been talking about Portugal over the last year, let's say, didn't quite live up to billing. And there are some some deficiencies that are obvious and some weaknesses that could come to uh, haunt them going forward. But all good for Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, but let's get to the uh, so that was the appetizer, right? Sure. Let's get to the main course, the chi the not the chicken, the turkey, right? We put the turkey out there, we carve it. It's beautiful. Everybody wants a piece. It's scrumptious. It's what everybody's talking about. It's what everybody wants ultimately. Uh, Brazil, my pick to win the World Cup, all right, your team, and I think you've picked Argentina just so you don't jinx them, and I understand what you're doing, fine, but certainly those out there that have picked them, given the depth and given the quality, that is a fine pick. They come out, and no problem, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. Now, I also have Serbia going very, very far, um, and for a good chunk of the game, you know, they were, they were good defensively, they were balanced, and you started to think, okay, can they hang on? Because it was going to be a hanging on type of process. But ultimately, Brazil is, is too good and has too much talent and came good in the end, in the form of Richarlison, uh, with two goals. We'll talk about the second one. But once the first one came in, you could just feel Serbia deflate in that they knew that this was over and they might as well look to those next two games, which they always were going to probably look in terms of getting out of their group. Yeah, I am relatively pleased. First games are never perfect, uh, but as first games go, I thought this was a pretty solid performance by Brazil. I didn't love the first half. I didn't think there was a lot of fluidity there. They felt labored. They had control of the match, but the passing wasn't crisp. There were a lot of heavy touches. They weren't quite connecting. Uh, it was really in the second half that they, they turned it on. And really, the floodgates opened at the end, and it was amazing that this game ended, right. and then it ended up being like 4-0. Um, yeah, I mean, I several points. I'll take them one by one. Uh, you might recall when the squad was named, uh, I, I went on a rant about this on the pod, there were a lot of people questioning Richarlison's inclusion. Mm -hmm. And I had to go to great lengths to point out that Brazil Richarlison is very different than Tottenham Richarlison. And if you don't follow a national team, and you parachute in for the World Cup, and you base your opinions entirely on what these players are at club level, you're going to look stupid sometimes. Richarlison, going into this World Cup, had seven goals in Brazil's last six games. He's been a monster. And so I wasn't surprised by this performance at all. 
Um, he gets two goals, a second of which has to be the goal of the tournament so far. Shades of Manuel Negretti in the 1986 World Cup. Um, so there's that. Um, Brazil... So wait, so wait, hold on, hold on. All right. So you'd say that form is fallacy when it comes to Richarlison? I would say club form is fallacy. Well, form, right? Well, he's been in great form for Brazil, so right. one could argue that Got it. good All form right. is part of this conversation. All right, good. Uh, the, the second thing is Brazil started a very attack-minded lineup. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, they could draw it up however they want. It's essentially a 4-2-4. And even Paqueta being one of those two in the midfield is a bit of a stretch. He's really more of an attacking midfielder. And as this tournament moves forward, I'm curious to see against better opponents, although Serbia is a pretty good team, but against even better opponents, the elite teams, if you will, if Chichi would have the courage to play this same lineup. Keep in mind, the last two World Cups Brazil won, they started the tournament with an attack-minded lineup, and then the manager made a switch along the way to make the team a bit more pragmatic. In 94, it was taking out Rai and inserting Mazinho, who's the father of Thiago and Rafael Cantra. Um, and then in 2002, it was removing Juninho and inserting Cleberson. And so it wouldn't surprise me if Brazil played this lineup in the group stage, but once they get into the knockout rounds, you see him take out somebody from the front four and insert an extra midfield. Boo! We'll see. Boo, pragmatism. Um, uh, 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 couple of negatives. Uh, as you know, I, I do like to nitpick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I know. I, I did not like Rafinha's performance, um, uh, as I just talked to my dad. As my dad said, he, he, he brought over his Barcelona performance, to okay. his Barcelona form to Brazil. And my dad is clamoring for Rodrigo, the other Real Madrid player, to start on the right. Um, now, keep it on, Rodrigo's a right-footed player, so playing him on the right changes things a little bit because I think Chichi likes to play Rafinha because he's a left footer. You get that inverted winger thing going where you can cut into the middle. So it would change the dynamic a little bit. But nevertheless, Rodrigo right now is in much better form. So I do think that's a change that Chichi might have to consider as the tournament rolls on. Uh, I was also disappointed that Fred came on and not Bruno Guimarães. I've been holding out hope that Bruno Guimarães would supplant Fred in the pecking order. And if you watch the last like 10, 15 minutes of that game, the only time Serbia ever got the ball was when Fred gave it away. You're down on Fred. I'm down on Fred. I mean, he just sticks out like a sore thumb in this team that's all these world-class players, and then you put him in there. Um, Neymar also didn't play well, frankly, but I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Hopefully he's fine health-wise. Yeah, yeah. Limped off, yeah, but I mean, he, you know, he, uh, he took the hits, and yeah. we knew that was going to happen. I don't, I don't think that there was any accusations of diving in the way that there was uh, last World yeah. Cup. Did you? Any Aluko uh, at halftime said of possible changes because we know that he has been Neymar has been in a much more withdrawn position for this Brazilian team, and it's and it's worked well for Chichi. Is there any is there any part of you that thinks that that has to change going forward, or is this you know you just you just wear teams down and ultimately don't don't worry about it? There's definitely an argument that he needs to play closer to goal. He's dropping back a little too deep, and you know he he still tries to dribble even in Brazil's own half. So it's an area of the field where if he loses the ball, sure. it can lead to some trouble. Um, so when I talk about Brazil maybe taking somebody out of that front four and inserting an extra midfielder. Uh, I mean, it's hard to do this now, especially after today's performance, but it, it might be the center forward and playing Neymar as that false nine. Um, so that, that's a look that we've seen from Brazil recently that he could go to at some point in the tournament. There's a lot of different – he's been playing around with different lineups in the lead-up to this tournament, and he said he's going to match it up depending on the opponent and the situation. So he chose to go with uh, that attack-minded team tonight, but I'm curious to see moving forward. What well, we're not going to see this Brazil team, to your point, face an elite team until they get out of the group stage. Right. I mean, the next two games that they have are quality com uh, opponents in, uh, uh, in in South Korea and uh, – and, uh, not South Korea. 
Uh, they play Switzerland and Cameroon. <laughs> Switzerland, Cameroon. Excuse me, but they're not they're not world beaters. So you would think they're going to get those uh, sure. get those nine points. To your point uh, about who's going to finish second, um, you think it's just going to come down to Switzerland and. Uh, Serbia? I do, yeah. They'll probably both lose to Brazil, both beat Cameroon, and then their head-to-head game. And then their head-to-head game. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of groups are going to be like that. Can of. I pay off one, one more of my rants? Of course you can. Um, don't sleep on the Brazilian defense and how rock-solid they were tonight. Yep. They made a dangerous Serbia team look pretty toothless in yep. attack. Um, so, again, I keep saying that th- th- this is a strength, folks. It's not a weakness. I mean, you're, when you're rolling out Allison and goal and center-back pairing of Thiago Silva and Marquinhos, and you even have guys like Milito and Bremer on the bench, uh, the fullbacks, uh, they don't push forward, but they're very solid players defensively. Danilo, Danilo is tall, too, which I like because, um, you know, when Danny Alves played right back, a weapon that teams utilize uh, against Brazil crosses into the back post, yep, and you have a post taller player coming in and jumping over Danny Alves. With Danilo, you can't do that. He's like the size of a center back playing at right back, and you've all obviously got Casemiro protecting the back line. Now, if you play this lineup with Lucas Paquetaz, the other holding midfielder, and four out-and-out attacking players, you are a bit unbalanced, so that could create some problems, but tonight it didn't. Uh, everybody worked hard defensively when Brazil lost the ball, and so... Uh, I, this is a lineup that against a fairly good opponent held up defensively just fine. So that, that's another positive I take out of this, this game. All right. Well, we have succeeded in making this a Brazilian podcast, yeah. uh, which was your intent all along. Sure. Uh, but I appreciate uh, that, and I'm sure your father appreciates uh, listening to it now and our, our, our viewers uh, and listeners. I also appreciate you hanging out, okay, because I, I know and I want to reiterate that you are killing it, my friend, um, and there's a reason why you are so valuable to our team. But with that comes a lot of responsibility and uh, a lot of work. And so, not that you needed forgiveness, but we completely understand why you haven't been here, but that you said, hey, I want to be here tonight. You made your way You made your way over. That means a lot to me, and I think it's, it means a lot to the folks out there. And uh, you know, don't rest on your uh, laurels, all right? You, we're just in group stage here, okay? We're, we're going to move on here at some point, too. Um, I will be on also tomorrow. I heard there's a game that uh, there folks is. might be looking forward to. Uh, uh, there is. And look, we're going we're gonna to obviously blow it out when it comes to talking about this and it has the potential to be the uh you know highest rated game in history when it comes to a soccer game broadcast in the united states on that black friday everybody's at home it was fun today to kind of see and hear folks that were you know having their thanksgiving festivities incorporate the world cup and therefore incorporate soccer into this tradition when it comes to the United States. I was getting texts and, uh, and emails and calls from people that normally wouldn't necessarily be watching everything. But again, because people are home, because it's this interesting and unique time of year, it, it provides us with some, some really cool opportunities to do some things, including tomorrow for this game. Uh, we'll talk a whole lot about this game tomorrow. Uh, pretty much the entire lead up will be to that fourth game and how big a game that is. But just in general, what I'm hearing from a lot of the folks, you know, I, I was just uh, talking to Jimmy Conrad and uh, DeMarcus Beasley. I was listening to them do stuff, and Warren Barton, obviously Stu Holden, uh, and uh, Clint, who I'm sitting next to. You know, there's a real desire come this U.S.-England game to see a United States that goes out there and is, is bold, and does not let the game come to them. Now, there is danger and risk in that, Mossy, as we know in this game, because you open yourself up to a very, very good England team. 
But I just, you know, I explained it today on air, and I'll probably do the same thing tomorrow, um, that it, it's kind of like the, the younger brother that is constantly losing and to a certain extent getting beaten up by the older brother. And eventually that younger brother starts to grow and stand on his two feet and stand up to the older brother. And I'm not saying we are necessarily there yet, but I think that there's a real desire tomorrow to, regardless of what happens, to make sure that uh, this U.S. team comes out. And if you lose, go down swinging. And don't go down wishing we should have done that or should have done that. And we're going to talk a whole lot about that uh, going forward uh, tomorrow. I cannot wait. I'm really, really excited about what Friday is going to be from a soccer perspective uh, over in the United States for people that are watching. Because there's a lot of people that are incredibly jacked up about watching this game and people that don't even necessarily care about soccer. So that's a, that's a good thing. But it's also an opportunity. Anything before we go, Mossy? No, I share your excitement. I cannot wait for this game tomorrow, and I can't wait to talk about it with you on the pod afterwards. I, I, will, f I, I will leave you with this. Uh, we here at our set here in Doha, it's an it's a open-air set, and people are kind of milling about all over the place. We have huge crowds that will come and watch outside our set, and even behind us, when you see us at the desk there, there are people standing. I have had multiple people scream and yell your name, okay? So uh, you are loved. You are beloved by the folks out there. Someone was very concerned that you were getting worked to death uh, so they were concerned about your health all of that I mean just say hi to Mossy say hi to Mossy it's getting kind of old at this point but I'm passing along the well wishes from all of your adoring fans out my, there. my appearance on our last podcast did frighten some people including my mother <laughs> oh, she looked at um, you and said, are you eating everything okay yeah, but uh, I am sleeping better my body has adjusted finally uh, so I think I'm trending in the right direction. From this point forward, it's going to be a lot better. Awesome, awesome. Uh, all right, well, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to the State of the Union uh, tonight, uh, presented by State Farm. Uh, as always, we will continue to bring out the, uh, the content, and as I said, we are heading into just a phenomenal day when it comes to uh, U.S. soccer. And who knows, maybe a historic day. But until then, and as always, size the day.